This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. Welcome back to our listeners here at Church for the Rest of Us. I'm sure you're enjoying this season on developing your church culture. I know that I am, and I'm totally into this topic, and I'm here again with our Family Church Communications Director, Leslie Bennett, and I have to say that I am really excited about today's episode, Embracing a Forward-Looking Church Culture. It's really good stuff. I know I've enjoyed thinking about this as we've prepared. I've learned a lot. I hope our listeners will, too. Jimmy, why don't you tell them what we mean by a forward-looking culture? Well, it's no secret that most of our churches, especially Church for the Rest of Us type churches, have a challenge letting go of the past. A lot of our listeners are from traditional churches or legacy churches, Mm -hmm. and we've talked about slaying the sacred cows. That's been a big deal here at Family Church over the years, and there certainly are programs that have worked in the past, and they're hard to let go of today, but more damaging to our church culture, our church growth, and holding on to old programs is holding on to old culture. I mean, think about our tribe in the past, Leslie. You and I have both kind of grown up in traditional, Baptist, kind of conservative churches. And let's think about some some words that might describe our tribe, if you will. Right. Uh, one, if you look at the leadership, a lot of it's top-down leadership, more authoritarian. It's completely male-oriented, if not male-dominated. It is highly competitive. We would not use that word, but we were we'd be competitive with other people in the organization and then competitive with other churches in our own communities. It's usually the churches I grew up in were largely Republican and overtly mm-hmm. Republican. And they're very proprietary about the programs they start, the materials they produce, and the things that they own, whether it's their buildings, their ideas, or whatever. So top-down, male-oriented, competitive, Republican, and proprietary when it comes to the things that they produce. In my opinion, Leslie, these are the churches of the past. They're authoritarian. They're tied down by Mm -hmm. org charts and hierarchies. And I think all of these things could have a place, but to be honest with you, culturally, I think all of that needs to go. The church of the future, as I see it, is kind of going to be guided by a new generation's idea of what it means to build community together. Mm -hmm. If you look at what's going on in what's called the sharing economy, and some of our listeners may want to Google sharing economy, when you do, you're going to see just hundreds of articles and presentations and videos pop up. And the sharing economy are things like Airbnb. Someone can open their own home or a room in their own home, and people will pay them to come stay in their house. People you don't even know, and your only link with these people is an app or a website. Mm-hmm. Look at Uber. People are using their own cars in their off time to give other people rides for money. We work where businesses or sometimes even homes have shared workspaces where people who don't have their own buildings can go and work. Kickstarter, how you can fund businesses of people that you don't even know. Just the sharing economy is a thing. And if you go to any major city or reasonably sized town, you're going to see everything from ride sharing to bike sharing. This is a thing. That was a new one for me that I learned recently, actually, from you, that you can rent out your car for the day 
You can go to a city. If you need a car, people have their car. They have their parking space, and they let you use their car for a day. That's right. You know, so all of these things. And Etsy is another big one. I think developed like in 2005, people just being able to put their wares out there for people to buy. It's super popular. People get things off of Etsy every single day. So we're all coming together and sharing our ideas, sharing our resources, sharing the things that we have to offer because we don't all need our own don't need our own stuff, yeah. right? And I think churches have to learn from that. So this top-down, male-oriented, competitive, Republican, proprietary idea is just not going to work. So here's some ideas that I think are going to characterize the church of the future. Hospitality, generosity, cross-functionality, mm-hmm. inclusivity, and collaboration. And I think church leaders who want to develop a healthy culture for the future that energizes and attracts young people who are used to this sharing economy. They're developing this sharing economy. They're living in this sharing economy. They want to feel that those ideas and values are carried over into the church. And the truth is, Leslie, when they read the New Testament and they start reading about the teachings of Jesus, they're going to say, you know, I think Jesus would actually favor this inclusive, collaborative, generous, hospitality-oriented, cross-functional idea as opposed to what we've had in the past. That's true. We're always trying to get back to the Acts 2 church, right? That's right. They shared everything that they had. And here we are. The culture is coming around to that same kind of thinking that is actually very biblical. One of the things that we really put an emphasis on, as do all churches, I believe, is hospitality. We're always looking for ways to be more hospitable to our guests. And we've done some things. We put some things in place, both outward-facing and also inward-facing on our team. And we like to have welcome tents at all of our campuses, greeters, of course. We like to have coffee and snacks. One of our most popular topics at our Sharper Conference has been one we titled Fresh Eyes, Guest Eyes, which I think is a really good principle. It's just practical. The room is packed every time we do that. Yeah, Yeah. Beb Bonner and Kim Wells. But when you think about it, we have, you know, anytime you have people over to your house, you look at your house in a new light. You think, oh, You know, why is this broken or why is this pile over here? And sometimes our churches get that way. We don't we get used to our church. We get used to the way it looks to us. And we don't think about how it looks to somebody coming in for the first time. So we want to always right. be having those fresh eyes. Making That's why tweaks. I think, you know, even things like we have on Sunday morning, like coffee or mm-hmm. snacks or donuts or whatever are important because food and drink kind of sets the table for good community and good conversations in a, yeah. in a very unique way. You see that in the Bible. There are books written about that. We've studied a book around here called Meals with Jesus that we like a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But this idea, and so if you come to our offices, we kind of try to do the same thing. So mm-hmm. we have meetings. We try to have drinks. We try to have water. We try to have sodas. We try to have coffee. If you come into my office, there's just snacks sitting in baskets okay. everywhere. And so people always remark, hey, wow, I like the snacks. And I say, well, we have a snack culture. That's right. That might have something to do with my body shape That's right, right now. But we still, the idea is to share community and share experiences and food and hospitality has a lot to do with that. Another idea that we embrace here is generosity. So one of the things that we try to do at Family Church is any idea we develop or materials we produce, we make them open source. Mm-hmm. So we don't trademark it. We don't copyright it. We don't really try to make it proprietary where we can sell it. Anything that we have that another church wants, we'll give it to them. In fact, I want it to be open source. The whole open source idea has revolutionized, really, the internet. It's revolutionized the whole kind of electronic sharing of information and development of programs online. And we want to do the same thing. So if we come up with an idea or a model or some material, we want to give it away 
and then let those people make it even better, yeah. and then we can learn from them. That's right. And it really is part of our culture because you tell us all the time, you tell our staff, I want you to be generous. Right. If people call you, I want you to give them your time. If they want something from us, give it to them. We never say no if somebody right. calls and they ask for something in the communications area, I usually offer to send them our original files, right. which might not mean much to some people, but it allows people to take something we've done and truly customize it, put their own logo on it, change it. They don't have to do the initial design work. They can take something that we've developed and, like you said, take it, make it better, make it their own. And it's a lot of fun to do that. It's really fun to bless people in that way, to have yeah. them say, oh, really? You're willing to give us that? I say, of course. It's not ours. We want to share it with you. We want to all be better. And we've had some great models in that. Back in the mid-90s, I was uh, doing student ministry, and I went to Saddleback Community Church in California for a conference. And Doug Fields was a youth pastor there for a long time. And I remember being at that conference, and Doug Fields said, hey, here's our materials we've produced for our small groups for teenagers. You guys can have these materials. I think we had to pay something for the cost of reproduction. But he said, if you'll take these materials— you can change it. You can put your own logo on it. Mm-hmm. This is for you. And I've never forgotten that. And then our friends here in uh, West Palm Beach at Christ Fellowship also model this in a very healthy way. They'll give away all of their stuff. They're constantly trying to bolster other churches. And so we want to emulate those examples and we want to be a generous church. You know, the thing on our leadership team, and this does cause us some problems because this is a messy, difficult one, but we try to practice and we're learning cross-functionality in our leadership. You know, nobody wants silos and everybody talks about, oh, we got to tear down the silos and we got to, we got to eliminate all of that. But then when you go to build your structure, everybody builds silos Mm -hmm. because the truth is good leaders want to control stuff. That's what leaders kind of do. And cross-functionality says, no, we're going to try to be relational. We're going to try to be creative. We're going to try to create collaboration around here. So one of the ways we do that is we have a project Instead of saying, okay, this is the youth pastor's project, or this is the adult ministry's project, or this is the worship, we try to appoint a team leader for a group or for a project. The team leader is not everybody's boss in the way that they can hire and fire, they give them raises or whatever, but the team leader is kind of like the quarterback of the team that's working on this project. Mm -hmm. And so, for instance, when we do Sharper, Kim Wells is kind of the quarterback of Sharper, and so when she says, here's what we're going to do. All of us, including me, kind of serve on her team because she's the team leader. Or when you're doing communications and you say, here's our play we're going to run to push on social media, our leader rally, all of us, including me, say, okay, Leslie, you tell us how to run the play and we'll run it. And so this team leader means that everybody cross-functionally has to then get on board. And they can't say to you, hey, wait a minute, I'm in the worship ministry. I don't have to do what the communications area says. Mm -hmm. No, on this project, you're the team leader. So I think that's a really important principle as well. And it really leads to our next principle, which is inclusivity, because it naturally leads to more inclusivity, where you're able to elevate people who aren't necessarily in a position of top-tier leadership, if that's how you want to look on at the it. Organizational chart, in the organizational sure. chart, if you're looking traditionally at the hierarchical top-down leadership structure, you've got people who aren't at the top rising up to lead in a capacity that really that they can. I mean, maybe at Sharper, we should do a workshop on how to do Sharper. 
and we'll have Kim Wells lead that, and she, <laughs> yeah, everybody can right. see how she puts that together and how we all work I for bet Kim. People and, would really like. You know, we have campus pastors who are working for Kim and helping promote Sharper, and we have campus pastors who are student pastors who are leading the parking team and the signage team, and we're all in this together. And that is really much a part of our culture at Family Church has been. The whole time I've been here, I've never been in a project. I've never had something to do, kids camp, student camp, putting on an event where our whole team doesn't say to each other, how can I help? Right. And, and they will pitch in and they will do run to the store and, you know, fold napkins and stuff envelopes and do whatever it takes. Yeah. And I think that whole cross-functionality and inclusivity is crucial. You know, another aspect of inclusivity has to do with you know, we talk about moving beyond diversity mm. to inclusivity. So that means that we're going to intentionally incorporate people from different walks of life and different perspectives mm-hmm. onto our teams, including team leaders, so that we can make sure that what we're doing at Family Church has an appeal to all the different kind of people that God wants us to minister or to reach. And so that includes ethnic or racial inclusivity. That includes a generational mm-hmm. inclusivity. It includes socioeconomic inclusivity, and it certainly includes gender inclusivity. And this is something that we've been working on because especially in our tribe of Baptists, historically, we haven't been very good at that, but we're learning at Family Church to make that a priority. You know, one of the things that we often talk about, Leslie, is how we can help create more opportunities and how we can elevate opportunities for women Mm -hmm. in our organization. And through a number of things that have happened with our tribe that have been in the news, that even has come more to the forefront. I think the Me Too movement has pushed all this more to the forefront. And I think we're really seeing that even though we kind of maintain a complementarian theology, we're going to intentionally strip away the parts of our theology that are more cultural. So we don't want to let complementarianism be camouflage for chauvinism. And uh, why don't you talk a little bit about that as a woman who really has a lot of responsibility in the family church organization? Yeah, I mean, it may seem like we're a little behind the times when it comes to this, but we are forward looking. That's what this is about. So we're moving forward in a way that we're comfortable with in light of our theology and that we really do believe that pastoral leadership is reserved for males, but how can we elevate women to like my my level, director level? We have several director level women, manager women. We're just creating places on our team where women can lead out and really, you know, operate in our gifts because I think you recognize, I recognize that, you know, our gifts, our calling are the same, but we can operate in a way that with freedom and with more just mutual respect and right. admiration for who we are, mm-hmm. and we're different but equal, and just putting it all together in a way that we can all be comfortable with. And it's a challenge, something that we're really working through right now. So we're sort of in those turbulent waters of working that out and pushing that out throughout our whole organization and letting women who are younger, who are new to our team, realize that they do have opportunities here and breaking down some of those barriers that have existed in the past, either literal barriers or just in our mind barriers. And how do we get past that? Well, we're trying to erase all those kinds of glass ceilings. And we'll do another episode or maybe a couple of episodes where we talk specifically about gender. But all of this inclusive nature, this is part of the church of the future. And so I want to just want to say to our listeners, some of you guys are listening to this and you're, you're good old boys, you're country boys, you're Southern boys, whatever it is. And you're thinking, you know, I think family church 
has gone liberal. That's they right. just lost their minds. I'm telling you right now, guys and ladies who are listening, it is not liberal. It is the future, and it is biblically consistent. Mm-hmm. And so I really want to appeal to you not to just turn this idea of inclusivity off, but I want you to think about in your own context how you can move forward. And moving forward for you will look different than it may look for family church, but that's okay. But I want you to embrace this idea of the future. Hey, the final thing on this is collaboration. We talked a little bit about it. it kind of all goes together, hospitality, generosity, cross-functionality, inclusivity, and collaboration. But we are trying to develop, maintain, and advance a culture of collaboration. And this is the culture of the next generation. This is the sharing economy coming to church. Mm-hmm. And this is what people are doing. It is consistent with the teachings of Jesus and the example of the early church and we need to embrace it appropriately as we look to the future of our churches. I think we're really going to talk a lot about this in the coming weeks, having a culture of collaboration in a multi-generational church isn't easy. It comes with some real challenges. We face them every single day. So I think we don't want to go too far into this. We're going to have several episodes on how we create what we call a culture of collaboration here at Family Church. It's definitely messy. But I still love it. And it's interesting because even some of our leadership battle this and struggle with it because, you know, it's a lot clearer. Cleaner lines are clearer. Communication Mm -hmm. is clearer. Responsibility and accountability are clearer. But I think if we can figure out how to make this more collaborative, how we can have a flatter organization with more inclusivity, more equality, I actually think that we can get more done. We'll bring more creativity to the fore and we can pull more people into what we're doing and God can continue to advance the mission. I just believe that is the church of the future. Again, it's messy, something to consider, and we'd be very interested in your feedback. You can come onto our blog. You can shoot at us on Twitter, whatever it is. But if you want to talk more about this, why don't you get online, go to sharperconference.com and register your team today for Sharper 2019. It's coming up in March. It will be cold where some of you live. It will be warm in West Palm Beach. Come on down. Let's get together and let's talk about how to move into the future. So register for at sharperconference.com and then join us next week for our podcast as we continue to unpack what it looks like to have a culture of collaboration. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.